This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. You see, sometimes in our lives we, we try to get used to things. And God has told us to stop being used to things that are not pleasing to Him. It's sort of like around my house, one of my favorite things to do is to get my kids up and get them ready during the school morning. So I get up and I start getting everything going, making lunches, and, and I go wake them up and tell them to, you know, start getting ready. And when I do that, I always push one button that is, it is a gift from the Lord God Most High. I push the coffee maker button as I go by. And so every morning, our little ones have watched Dad drink his cup of coffee. And so Charlie was sitting there with me, and in the last six months or so, he's like, I want to try that. So the first time, I thought I wanted to deter that. So I just gave it to him just the way it came straight out. Needless to say, he didn't drink that cup of coffee. But he's wanted so hard, and he's tried so much. I've let him try a couple of times since. And so finally the other day, I diluted it enough, just enough creamer, that I could see him fighting through the bitterness. Just one sip at a time, getting more use to the bitterness. Now listen to me. I think that we're there more than we can know in the way we live our lives. One sip, one failure at a time. Growing more attached to the bitterness of sin. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number one reads like this. A very, very powerful passage of scripture. Eighty-five times this passage is quoted or referenced in the New Testament. Uh, this is considered one of the foundational passages of the entire Bible. And we quote this passage, and I think in church we, we, we speak about the parts we understand, but we don't understand so much of it. So today I want to try to pull out two deeply hidden parts, and we're supposed to be going one direction with our sermon series on spiritual engagement, and the Lord began to speak with me because I believe, listen to me carefully, I believe that the Lord God Almighty is trying to prepare our church for a visitation of His presence. I believe that he not only wants to walk in for a visit, I believe he wants to stay with us for a while. And we must prepare for that to occur. If somebody's coming over to your house, you better get your house ready. Can I get an amen? amen. Listen to the word of the Lord. Who has believed our report? Now again, God's speaking to us today. Who will believe this report? That God, I mean, you know, I'm just going to stop there. I, I, this service has already arrived from what was happening in the earlier services. So let me just stop there for a moment and say, when I say that God wants to show up and God wants to move into this house and God wants to do supernatural things, who will believe that report with me? Who will accept that God's wanting to do something? But God wants us to get ready. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, speaking of the Messiah here, and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. The Scripture is pointing out that Jesus was just an ordinary-looking man. He is despised and rejected by men, people who say they want to be called into ministry. I say you need to memorize this passage. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Notice verse 4. This is super important. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet, notice this now, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. What does that mean? We're going to come around to that. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The most popular passage of that scripture. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was as a lamb led to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and all who will declare his generation. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in him. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Now notice this. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. I want to talk to you about this. He shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days, speaking of the Lord, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Let me go ahead and tell you, you are the pleasure of the Lord and God wants to prosper you in his hand. But this is important. How do we get to walking as the pleasure of the Lord? And as I felt this longing to prepare ourselves for this place, I realized something that most of us can shout over. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes were healed because we somewhat understand those passages. They're quoted almost, almost weekly, as it were, in church. But listen to me. There are some hidden truths that must be uncovered. And to uncover one of them, I'm going to need your attention for just a few moments as I want to talk to you about an ancient disease and what we learn from this ancient disease that affects who we are and why chapter 53 and verse number four is extremely important to our lives. I want to talk to you today about leprosy. I want to talk to you about what we call Hansen's disease. And no one shouted when I said, I want to talk to you about leprosy. It's a horrible disease. It is a disease that is, that is an infection caused by the slow-growing bacteria called Mycobacterium leprae. It can affect the nerves, the skin, the eyes, and the lining of the nose. With early diagnosis and treatment, the disease can be cured. People who are caught in time with this disease can go on to live an active, healthy life after treatment. Leprosy was once feared as a highly contagious and devastating disease. But now we know that it doesn't spread as easily and that treatment can be very effective. Why is this important? Stay with me just one more moment. It's about to become clear. However, if left untreated, if leprosy is left untreated, the nerve damage that occurs can result in the crippling of hands and feet, paralysis, and ultimately blindness. Listen to that again. If you don't treat the leprosy, you end up with crippled hands and feet, with paralysis and blindness. Now, the term leprosy is included 68 times 
in the Bible, 55 times in the Old Testament and 13 times in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the instances of leprosy are more than just the infection of the skin, but they also are other diseases that include mold and mildew on clothing and walls. What happens if you leave mildew, you find mildew in your basement, and you walk away from that mildew? Does it magically just go away? Or will it in the right environment spread? Now listen, I ask you that question because it's important to understand the biblical significance of leprosy. Biblically, leprosy is a powerful symbol reminding us of sin spread and its horrible consequences. That if you don't deal with sin, then God can't show up and abide with you. I told you in the earlier moments of this message that I believe that God wants to visit us, that God wants to make his habitation among us, and I really will declare that I believe that revival is coming to this house in a way like never before. But in order for God to do that, he's sent me with a message to say, I want to deal with your leprosy first. Somebody, whoo, said, good, I don't have leprosy. Let, let me just read on about the biblical significance. Like leprosy, sin starts out small, but then it begins to spread, leading to other sins and causing great damage to our relationship with God and others. When you live with undealt with sin, the first thing you want to do is stay away from God's presence, and then you will draw from everybody that you love. Because one, you feel like God is judging you, the church is judging you, and two, the people who are trying to save you, they become the people that you see as your afflictors. Because of the sin that runs rampant in our lives. But listen to me. The greatest problem with leprosy is this, that because of the extreme nerve damage, that the patient loses all sense of pain. They no longer can sense pain. And without pain and suffering, we too can become like lepers. Now let me explain that to you. The reason that it becomes dangerous to them is they may break something without knowing it. That that something, and literally when they were living in those horrible, detestable things, that that animals would even come and take part of their body and they were while they were asleep, and they could not even feel it because they no longer felt pain. Without pain and suffering, we become like lepers. We are unable to recognize that something is terribly wrong inside of us and that we need to be healed. Let me just, maybe just back up and say it this way. Maybe we've become too accustomed to our sin that our sin no longer convicts us. Our sin no longer harms us. We no longer regret the fact that we stumbled into the sin because we've been sipping on it far too long and we developed a taste for it. And because we've developed a taste for that sin, now it no longer hurts us when we fall into that sin. As a matter of fact, I'm now not only not repenting for it, I'm longing for it when I'm not around it. And we've developed this sense of spiritual leprosy. God's wanting to show up. God's wanting to move in. God's wanting to do something supernatural. But he says, before I get there, you need to deal with the house and you need to get your house in order. And here's part of the problem. You've lost your pain. You know, they asked one of the greatest experts on leprosy. They said, they said, what, what is your synopsis? He said, if I could do anything for my patients who suffer from leprosy, he said, I think the greatest gift that I could give them would be to return their pain. 
But that's not the way we want to live. And that's not why we come to church. We want our pain removed. We even carry enough drugs, most of us with us, either in our cars or in your purses, that you can dump it out and take a, take a, one of these or one of those and numb some of the pain that you're going through because we don't want physical discomfort. We don't want emotional discomfort. We don't want social or spiritual pain in our lives. But let me just tell you something today. It may be God's megaphone to get our attention that something else is seriously wrong and that we should flee to the one who created us because God's wanting us to realize something. He created us for more. And if we become numb to our sin, we'll never be able to walk in the victory of the power of the Holy Spirit because God wants us to have a heart broken over our failures. Pastor Don, spiritual engagement sounds like a better series. No, a visitation from God sounds like the best thing that could possibly happen. And he said, I want you to get ready, get ready, get your house clean because I'm coming to visit. But here's the problem. Too many times we will not pay the painful price to remove the connections with sin and we end up spiritually crippled and blind. You see, we're not convicted over our sins anymore. We are, watch this, we are accustomed to them. We are numb to them. And we're crying out, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And God says, I'm right in front of you. But if you've got to let me open your eyes, in order to do that, you're going to have to change what you're looking at. You see, because spiritual leprosy occurs when what used to break my heart because God delivered me from it, and then I went back and took another hit off of it. And after I took another hit off of it, I was like, oh, I can't believe I did that, God. I can't believe I did that. Forgive me, God. I'm not supposed to go back. I'm not supposed to look back. And then before long, I'm over here, and I'm not only taking one hit off of that sin, I've taken another hit off of that sin. And before long, I'm not I'm not even praying about it anymore. I'm looking forward to getting there. And I've lost my pain. I've lost my, I've created this, this numbness to the sin. And God's saying, you're more worried about how somebody's treating you than you are about how you're we're treating God. And then we, we, we begin to accept things and we're watching stuff we never dreamed we would watch. And we're going places we never dreamed we would go. And we're ingesting things we never dreamed we would ingest. Why? Because we've come, become numb to the pain. I wonder how many of you would say with me today, hurt me, Jesus. Not a good prayer. Hurt me, Jesus. Nobody, there's not been one taker in every service. Nobody wants to scream, hurt me, Jesus. Let me rephrase that. But we all are screaming. Let me translate it backwards. I want anything to have your presence. I want to do anything to walk in your anointing. I want a move of God in my generation. Translate it. Hurt me, Jesus. Get the sin out of my life. Get the problems out of my life. Bring conviction back to my life. I'm ready. I'm ready to do whatever it costs. I want Jesus. I want more. But, but pastor, you don't understand. I've grown, I know how to handle it. The Bible says, he said, I will send snakes among you that you cannot charm. You don't know how to handle it. You just have grown numb to it. There's, you're wondering why your children are struggling in sexual sin, but you can't stop watching the desperate housewives thing on television. And you're scared to death your kids are going to come home with some alternative lifestyle, but, but you laugh every time somebody picks fun at one. I'm, do, I'm doing my part. I'm waiting for you. Just one more minute. 
I'll never forget, I went with a group of pastors to see a movie that I thought was really cool because that was like the third movie in a four-part movie series, and I was so excited because I'm a nerd like that. And the first few movies were so cool. And we'd get into this movie, and all these pastors, we'd all gotten together, and we were all going together, and we'd get in there, and it goes from this sci-fi, cool, nerdy thing to this thousands of people sexual experience. And I'm looking at them going, all right, let's go, guys. Nobody's moving. I said, guys, let me out. Let me out. And when I got up and went out, another got up and went out. Two out of maybe 10 or 12 pastors walked out. I'm not saying that to build myself up because there's been a lot of stuff I should have walked out on. But I'm saying this to say, when did we become so numb that we can sit there and watch them curse. We used to turn it off and they curse the name of our God and now we're trying not to curse Him ourselves. Oh. But see, here's the problem. Pastor Don, what does this have to do with Isaiah 53? The word smitten or stricken, Isaiah 53, 4, that we esteemed Him stricken or smitten. You see, there's a thing called the Torah, which is the five, uh, the Pentateuch and the, the Torah is the Old Testament uh, studies that, and then there's a thing called the Talmud, which is the, the, the rabbi's interpretation of the Old Testament. Their, 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 um, their thoughts, their commentaries on what it means. And there's one collective agreement they find in Isaiah chapter number 53, verse number four. That the we translated that he was esteemed stricken smitten by God. The better translation, according to the Jewish rabbis of thousands of years worth of agreement, here is this: that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him the leper of the house of rabbi. That we esteemed him the leper of the house of rabbi. Rabbi means teacher in this particular instance. That we esteemed him. The one who took on the sin so that he could then rabbi teach us how to deal with the sin that he's experienced for us. And see, I can get up here all day long and tell you how horrible we are because we've let sin into our lives. And the reality is we don't hurt enough over our sin anymore. But Jesus didn't condemn us. Jesus became one beside us. And so he didn't fall into the sin, but yet he took upon himself the leprosy of the painlessness of that. And he said, boys and girls, let me show you something. I am now your teacher. I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to show you how to start hurting again. I'm going to show you how to get yourself wounded again. You go, Pastor Don, I don't want to hurt. Don't you understand? I'm not talking about the bad kind of hurt. I'm talking about the good kind of hurt. I'm talking about the kind of hurt that sends you to your knees until your knees hurt and you know that you moved heaven and you know know that God's coming to your family. You know that God's going to revive who you are and you know that God's going to do something. Instead of whining about whether or not our children should love us, all of a sudden we got on our knees until they've hurt, crying out to God saying, God, send a revival so that I want my kids to go to heaven. Amen. But they won't like me if I tell them that's wrong. Or they won't bring my grandbaby around to see me. What you need is somebody to be able to testify. I remember when granddaddy used to pray. I remember when mama used to pray. I remember they get a hold of heaven. And because they got a hold of heaven, I'm going to be there someday. I'm going to make it because of what God did. But somebody who paid the price. 
Watch this now. He said, I will become the rabbi, the teacher of those with leprosy. In other words, he said, I'm going to move you toward your healing. Watch this now. I will move you toward your healing. And then he said this. He said that, man, I feel Jesus. I'm getting so far ahead of myself. But I want to see verse number five. For he was wounded for their transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. But here's the beauty of the word wounded and transgressions here. The literal two Hebrew words say this, the wound and a coupling. It means that he was cut the way you've been cut. He was ravaged the way that you've been ravaged. His body, don't you understand people didn't die from crucifixion in a matter of, uh, of three hours? They died from crucifixion in three, ten days. If you wanted to see somebody suffer in agony, you crucified them because they would lay, linger there and linger there and linger there, dying in agony. But Jesus died in a matter of hours. Why? Because he not only had been beaten to this, this horrible position, but his heart literally broke. You understand that by the water around his heart, but his heart literally broke. Why? Because every time that you've fallen, he bears the mark for. Every time that I've been ravaged by sin, he bears the mark for. He says, I have become fellowship with you in your suffering so that I can show you how to keep walking on and keep feeling and keep living. And then on the other side of it, when you're tired of living in that sin, I can heal you from that because you break down and you declare, I won't let anything keep me from God. I will feel anything necessary. Send conviction to my life. What did David say in Psalm 51? God, the legs that have been broken by you shall dance again until righteous judgment comes comes to my house. May God continue to bring the power of conviction so that every closet gets cleaned out, every room gets cleaned out until he can move into this house. May he send his power with his word. If you want to know what this sermon preaches like, go back and get the first two CDs. This has been nothing like it. But I can tell you this. God sent me with a word. He wants to show up, and he wants to show out in your life. But he can't do it as long as you're living in accepted sin. God's looking for somebody to be forgiven. Because that's why he came, so that he could forgive you and heal you. Charlie asked me the other day, he said, he said why, do, why do people get fevers? I said, because it's showing us there's something wrong on the inside. What pain you feel over your sin is showing you there's something wrong on the inside. And God's wanting to clean you up and clean you out. Why? Stand with me and I'll let you know. There's another verse here that I fear we don't measure up to. You've got to understand something about the holiness of God. The Bible teaches us that, that the, incarn the, the incarnate God became carnate. He put on the God who knew no time, put on time, stepped into flesh. And when he did step into flesh, he celebrated days as we celebrate days. The Bible then tells us after his resurrection that the that corruptible put on the incorruptible, that he stepped back outside of time. But there's a problem with, with then understanding the next portion of this verse. 
is if he stepped into time and then back out of time, what does this verse even mean? It says, when you make his soul an offering for sin, or now watch this, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. Jesus doesn't keep days anymore. He should, and I know this is a confusing verse, and that's why we're always afraid of him on Sunday morning. But listen to me, it is so simple. Watch this. He who knew no time stepped into time, then stepped back out of time. But he said he wants his days to go on. He wants somebody living on his mission as his righteous descendants, prolonging his work, until the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. But who would, could that be? Who could be the people that he has chosen? Could it be those that he bore their sorrows? Could it be those that he was wounded for their transgressions? Could it be those that he took upon the, 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 uh, himself the chastisement of their peace? Could it be that those who believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ are those that he is saying they are the ones that I have chosen to become so on fire for God that they prolong the work of Jesus Christ on the earth until the world is literally set ablaze with the glory of God? Could it be that group of people? Could it be a people who are so tired of living under the leprosy of sin and becoming numb and just living and not looking any different than the world around them that are finally ready to rise up a royal priesthood, a holy people, zealous of good works and declare that God has done something in me. I can't go there anymore. I can't do that anymore. I won't go there anymore. I won't do that anymore. I am a righteous child of the most high God and he lives with me and he walks with me and he talks with me. And only then shall his days be lengthened so that we might live as an example to the world, a people in his image, the joy that was set before him, that somebody carries on his work because the sin-bearer carried their sins for them. Now I want you to bow your heads all over this place. Wow, what a weird day we've had. First service, so shaken by this message. It was a completely different message. All three services, completely different sermon. All three services, it feels like, was so shaken they could not leave the building. Second service, moved on by the power of the Holy Spirit. Third service here, though, I feel like I'm trying to convince somebody, you can stop. You can stop the generational sins. You can break the addiction to pornography. You can break the addiction to alcohol. You can break the addiction to drugs. You can break the addiction to lust. You can break the addiction to anger. You can, my goodness, I'm speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit that just because you become accustomed to it does not mean it pleases God. My God has sent me with a word to tell you if you're ready for a habitation of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the first thing you need to ask back is God return my pain break my heart over my sin oh but grace Pastor Don thanks God be for grace but grace is there for us when we remember why we need it a lack of remembrance to the need of grace causes a hindrance of grace what sin has come into your house and you've been just sipping on it a little bit at a time and now you've developed a taste for it 
I'm going to be real bold and I'm going to ask you right now, who would say, Pastor Don, I know exactly what you're preaching about because I've, I've accepted. I'm going to see your hand. Get them, hold them up high, hold them up high. Hold them up high, hands all over this place. Put those down. God, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. This is what he told me to tell him in the first service, that there was somebody in that service that what they thought they had control of was about to destroy them. But this is not what I feel to tell you in this service. I feel to tell you that you are as the heartbeat of this church. That if you will repent, God will revisit us again. That if you will allow him to restore the pain of conviction to your life so that you no longer are numb to the, to the sin that you have embraced, that God will also restore the power and the victory and the hope that you have in Christ. I sense a holiness, a weightiness of the presence of God in this place. He came not to condemn, but to become the rabbi of the leper, the one who will teach you how to walk out. Pastor Don, I don't know how to get free from this. He's ready to walk you free from that. It's all going to begin with a point of confession. Right here, right now. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I'm ready. I'm ready to start afresh and anew for Jesus. Can I see your hand if that's you? Hands all over this place. Every head down and every eye closed, every hand down for just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I've never started for Jesus. You may have prayed a prayer, you may have went to a church, but you've never surrendered your life completely to Jesus Christ. And you're ready for God to relieve you from the sin that's been eating you alive. And you're ready to be born again in Christ Jesus. This is it. I didn't embarrass anybody else that raised their hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your hour. If that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are. Today's the day you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Get up in the air. Thank you. Are there others? I'm seeing hands going around this place. Are there others? Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Who will join with these? Are there others? Thank you. Are there others? This is it. This is your moment. This is your time. This is your hour. I sense the holiness of God. He started at this pulpit with this message, and now he's coming to you. All right, I'm about to pray with those that are going to give their life to Christ, and then I'm going to pray for all of you. But the, don't you understand? If something's stirring in your heart, it's not from me. It's the Holy Ghost right now saying, give that to me. I want to set you free. I want to set you free. I want to restore your pain over this. I want to restore your pain so that ultimately, it's like that scab that hurts. Ultimately, you'll be healed. All right, there's been some who said they want to give their life to Christ today. Most important thing we're going to do, we're going to pray with them. And then I'm going to pray for all of you. But I want you to lift your voices. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. We would be born again. And these are going to find Christ this morning. Let's pray that together. Jesus, by faith, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, I repent of all of my sins. You see the things I can't change. Forgive me, oh God. Cleanse me, oh God. And now I receive your gift of grace. I believe Jesus came for me. He died for me. And now he lives forevermore. And by faith, 
I now declare God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that for the very first time today. Lord, I thank you for those that may be watching or listening that have prayed that. God, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you, God, cleanse us. understand that God's calling us to repent. Some of you felt like you couldn't, he couldn't forgive you. He's right now, the pain's ready to come back. That's what you're feeling. It's not condemnation, it's conviction. A broken and contrite heart, God will not reject. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. Lord, forgive us of our leprosy. Oh, I feel the words of Jesus coming. Be thou made whole. Go and show yourself that you might be found clean. Come on now. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. God's ready to touch somebody. And sin that you haven't been able to get rid of is, is about to fall off of you in the name of Jesus. We need we need a move of God. Come on. I, I, I Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord while he may be found. Cry out to the Lord while he may be found. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost of the living God. Pastor Don, I don't understand what's happening. Why don't you find what's in your heart and say, God, you see the wrong thoughts. You see the wrong actions. You see the wrong deeds. Forgive me, oh God. Cleanse me, oh God. Love of God overflow right now. God is preparing His church. God is preparing His church. Jesus. Jesus. Cleanse us, oh God.
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.